Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to For the Water Cooler, the podcast where you get to chat with your favorite co-workers about what you watched last night. I'm Matt Scalisi. Joining me, as always, my virtual office buddy, Caroline Darney. Caroline, we had, uh, you know, th- this this time of year, mm-hmm. pe- people of our ilk, let's say, sure. have, have moved on from spending every weekend going to the movies. And we now have another thing that yes. is occupying our weekends, and that is college football. And yes. all college sports, really, but in, particularly... In, in in my part of the world, college football is it on on Saturdays. And this of course, time of year. you mean college soccer, like football, right? <laughs> I I do love college soccer. I wish we had. I wish it was a part of life in the south. I'm shocked but, the SEC doesn't have way more soccer teams. That's a, that's another discussion for another day. I know, but another yes, one. we have we do have women's we have women's soccer here, and it's great. Yes. But but talking about the college American football, let's say. <laughs> uh, it started up formally this weekend uh, for most of the country. I went to I don't I don't go to a lot of games anymore, but I did go to a game this weekend with my kids and my nephew uh, to, who, who don't know anything about what's happening. My my, my family, uh, I, I'm married to a person who does not care about sports at all. I really and think that's so, the only way to make this work. By the way. I think so too. And so my, my kids don't know anything about sports or, or football, but they like being there. And I, and, you know, it, it's, it's a show, right? Like there's, there's led light stuff happening. There's music playing there. They get to eat, uh, you know, stadium food. Yep. So like, they like, they like being there despite the fact that, I have to like tell them why everyone's cheering when something happens in the game. I'm going to a game with my sister. <laughs> she will cheer at the right times, but then I remember vividly my first year at UVA, um, Virginia, Virginia Tech, my first one. Uh, Matt Schaub was the quarterback for Virginia, throwing passes to Heath Miller, um, which explains a lot about why I'm a Steelers fan because I love Heath Miller. Um, and there was a like fake field goal pass for a first down. I think it was to Heath. Um, and everyone's losing their minds. Just and she's jumping up and down, shouting. She looks at me. And she goes, "What happened?" Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, I mean, first it- down. And so she's like, "All right," and like starts like you know losing her mind again. <laughs> It is. It is. I, I will say the the like the shared experience between being at a college football game and movies. There's there's not a ton of overlap, and I'm stretching here a little bit. But I <laughs> I do think that you feed off the crowd. I, I think that's like yeah. the people the people who love it. You you might eventually learn what's going on and some of the strategy, and that's cool. Um, but like I think the reason most people become obsessed with this and get really into it is. It's really cool to be in a space with a bunch of other people who mm-hmm. are all feeling the same feelings at the same time. It's it's a very it's a very like uh, it's similar to 
when we watch. I mean, the the, the closest thing I can compare it to is opening coming. night, opening night of Endgame. Yeah, yeah. That's, what I'm <laughs> yeah it's like every, that's as close to a sports experience as I've had. Yes, the dream for any college football game is for it to be as exciting and like crowd amped as the portals opening an end game yeah <laughs> or cab p- catching mjolnir like those moments where you're just like yes but you um, know what i would say also <laughs> si- similar another another comparison we now have for it is barbie opening weekend when <laughs> guess what everyone was wearing the same color clothes yeah. going to the going to the event yeah. at the same time <laughs> Everybody was feeling feelings. Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? This is where it all kind of ties together. We joke on when you and I have gone on Kyle's podcast and Kyle joined us. um, Was that last week, week before Kyle Banduho, big screen sports. Um, I know Charlotte Wilder. She's often done a column for um, SB nation in the past. It was like, look, everything is sports. And so kind of like this line between what sports, what's pop culture, what's, you know, all these things have kind of like mismashed over time. And so you look at, you know, the way I saw someone on Twitter, one of the sports people, I forget who it was that talks about like NFL football all the time or whatever that was like, are Swifties a cult? <laughs> and I was like, but if you're going to ask that question, you got to ask that question about Raiders fans. And yeah, exactly. Fans and the guy, the guy Kelsey asking, <laughs> yeah, like the guy like, asking, what is this? this? Yeah. Is this a cult? Says the guy who part of his job is to cover <laughs> something where a cult. <laughs> people, people show up with pig noses on their face. Exactly. So that's the thing with all of this ties together, whether it's, you're going to see Barbie, you're going to see Taylor Swift, you're going to see, you know, all the people that descended. Where did uh Springsteen played like I think in New Jersey, which I feel like I believe it was New Jersey, yeah. I feel like the entire universe will collapse in on itself when that happens and like almost every sports writer like will be there because it's the official anthem singer of all like sports writers of right. Right. that's the that's the uh that's the Gen X it. sports writer artist I love officially. It. <laughs> Yeah, what they, I call we can get another time. I'm so sure we will. I, I'm sure we will. We will at some point. I can almost guarantee you on this podcast have somebody on here to talk about Jason Isbell, which is. The, I was going to say that's the guy for like our. Generation. That's the millennial. That's the yeah, millennial yeah. Uh, sports writer uh, artist. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we we are gonna look. We are gonna be talking about that collision between sports and particularly college sports and pop culture later in the show today mm-hmm. when we have our guest on who is the excellent, brilliant, entertaining Cole Kublick from the SEC Network. He is uh, just debuting a new studio show this week, which I'm really excited about with Roman Harper. Uh, and we're going to talk to Cole about that show, but we're also going to talk about his pop culture potluck selection for this week, which is the gritty college football movie, The Program. And I'm very excited to talk about it. We've been texting I... about it as we watched it. Yay, yay, yay. I didn't know this existed until whenever it was you texted me that said, Cole chose the program. And I was like, don't know what that is. Okay, cool. It's on Prime. I have so many thoughts. I don't go through a lot watching it. I don't know if I loved it or if I hated it or if it's like, it is an adventure. It is an adventure. I don't, I don't know what to. I'm gonna, I'm very excited. I I I did promise you via text I was going to yell at Cole for making me watch it, and I will explain why um, at, when we get to that part. Not in a super angry way, but just in a I didn't think I would care that much. Way <laughs> he put you he put you through something. He put by, me by through something that I shouldn't have to go through on the Tuesday morning of a long weekend. Like 
the the audacity. Uh, yeah. I will say one of the other things, my favorite, um, <laughs> like, crossover that happened this weekend with pop culture stuff, because I haven't been watching a ton because or sorry i have been watching a ton of stuff but it's all been one thing we'll get into that for sure we'll get into we'll get into more x-files updates but i will say i thoroughly enjoyed seeing all of the college football people i follow having opinions on golden bachelor the number of texts that i got i have a question we need to find a way to interview jesse palmer because i don't know when he sleeps (laughs) because He's the host of the Bachelor franchise now. Right. Um, after he replaced Chris Harrison, he just finished hosting The Bachelorette. He has already hosted, I think it's done, question mark, Bachelor in Paradise. And Golden Bachelor is coming up very shortly, which he is also the host of. And that has been completed. It's a full time so, job. To not be, only that, to be he in was, the Bachelor verse. Yeah, he was on the call for Virginia, Tennessee, which is another thing I will yell at Cole for, which is also fun. Um, but he was on the call for that. So I'm like, when are you prepping for games? When are you doing, <laughs> are they going like getting in a limo to go on a one-on-one? And he's like, all right, sweet. Got it. Let's see. Uh, who's the new starting quarterback for Virginia? Tony Musket. That's a real name. Like it's just wild to me. I don't know how he does it all, but shout out to all the people with the funny meme jokes about Al Golden for Golden Bachelor. Yes. Um, those were probably my favorite. I will say, and we can talk to Cole about this because he's, he's in this tribe too, but like, the you, you you have met hustle people in your life mm-hmm. like, like yes. people who who wake who are rising grinders Nicole Auerbach friend of the pro, friend of the program I do not know when she gets it all done she just did she an does, NBC pregame show yes. for Penn, up in Penn State I don't think I don't think there are there are a more a more like grind culture group of people than sports television people and yeah. and they they are they are on air what seems like an impossible percentage of their waking hours. I don't know. Yeah. How, I, and, and Cole is absolutely one of these guys. I don't, I, he, he will call or text me sometimes. And I'm, and I'm like, he's on TV right now. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't understand how the timelines line. <laughs> you up. haven't gotten a text from a buddy that's like in a commercial break during a game. Like, yeah. the, like <laughs> I've, got, I've talked to a new before West Durham, one of the all-time goats. He's not, you know, like I've been like this, you know, great seeing what, and he's gonna get a reply. Um, it's just, and that's the thing is that these a lot of these people who do the call, like or on TV or whatever, like you said, they do multiple. It's wild to me the number of things that like. So before when Anish was doing way more college football, well, you think he still does college football? He's they're doing college football, college lacrosse. I saw Paul Kerkatera, who's like one of the college lax guys, sideline for stuff. Quint Kesnick has been around. He does wrestling in the fall or in the. Let winter. me let me tell you the most infuriating part about it is that they all <laughs> they all look good all the time too, which is absolutely infuriating. It's rude. <laughs> they're they're they do more than me. They sleep less than me, and they look way. Well, don't get me too. start like. Yeah, Kelsey Riggs, another ACC network, uh, ACC or ESPN. She looks fantastic all the time. I don't even know how she packs to go on these road trips and has all these different outfits and these different shoes. Yeah, are they doing laundry in the hotel? I have I no know. idea. I don't know what this is. They all look fantastic. And, and <laughs> no offense to the guys, it's just much more simple to put on a suit or a polo with like a nice pair of slacks. The ladies got to like figure all out all these. And you can't wear something that's one of the colors of one of the teams because then it looks that's like right. you're and it looks like you're partial. <laughs> like you got to really think ahead like what you're playing like you can't wear you know when you're pulling out jordans like i don't know if you do that at a jordan school or don't do it at a jordan school there's a lot of rules you got to follow and i just i'm endlessly impressed yeah they're they're superstars we we will get to talk to one (laughs) 
fortunately for us, later in yes. the show. But before we do that, let's hit on a couple of headlines. And the biggest story as pertains to all of pop culture, I would say, because it involves music and movies, is this this news that came out last week that it wasn't enough for Taylor Swift to conquer the live music uh, oh. arena. It wasn't enough for her to be the best-selling artist uh, on streaming formats, on vinyl, yeah. on every format. She now has turned her sights to conquering movie theaters, which, which very uh, conveniently for her, have a lot of openings this fall because movies yep. keep getting pushed to next she year due to the strikes. She's so Taylor Taylor Swift announced that she that they have filmed and put together a documentary sort of. Uh, I would say it seems like based on the runtime that they're telling us, it's largely going to be an equivalent experience of watching a full era's Yeah, I think it's show. the full set. Like less behind the scenes chatting and talking. From what I, I would understand. guess there's some behind the scenes there's stuff. There's probably but some, but it's I feel probably, like it's it's a concert yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, which is a which is certainly not a new thing. People have Have you ever been to one? Years. Have you done one? A concert movie? Yeah. I have not. So here's here's what I would say. I've watched a lot of concert films that are probably more in it, it, the older the older style of them, like the kind that sort of Martin Scorsese has made several of them. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, yeah. This look. This was a thing going all the way back to the '60s when the Rolling Stones had a had a very famous concert film come out called "Gimme Shelter" that was about a disastrous show that happened in San Francisco where people died, um, and it sort of turned into a genre in and of itself. Um, you know, there's one that is about uh, the band, the capital T, capital B, the, the one that band. I just heard of, like. A month, like yeah. So look, this is that. we know how we talked about last week how Reservoir Dogs is a boy movie. <laughs> the va- so, is the so band the like last, Rush? I feel like the last like- <laughs> the, the movie is called The Last Waltz. It is a it is a show. It is a concert film from the band, and basically every guy between the ages of probably thirty and forty five has seen this movie, <laughs> and it has been on in the background at a college party that you were at. It's just one of those things. But so like this is a format that's been around a long yeah. time and and within the last 10 years or so it started to become a thing that we would see younger artists doing like I, I think currently the highest grossing concert movie ever was uh, was a Justin Bieber concert movie. Um okay. And I've that, seen ads at, at the Alamo. I've seen recent ads for the, I guess Metallica did like a two night thing. Sure. With, like, a and, and a lot of them both nights and I was like that's very exciting for you guys that want to see that. And so I'll, some of them have been distributed by studios. Some of yeah. them have been sort of their own special events. What Taylor chose to do is she totally went around the studio system entirely and said, I'm going to produce it and distribute it myself, which costs money. You know, that's a, let's say that's $20 million out of her pocket to do that. And that means that other than the movie theater chains getting a cut, Taylor gets all that money. Her company gets all that money. Yeah. With, and, and guess and so twenty million uh, is like half an hour of Caroline, stay, of merch sales. Twenty million of is, one night of the era's tour. <laughs> twenty million like, is less than the pre-sales that they've already sold for these shows. Of course. So 
it, it is going to be a huge event. It is almost definitely going to be the highest grossing concert movie of all time within the opening weekend. Yeah. And who knows how long it's going to run because it's not going to have a lot of competition at the box yeah. office. I thought it was a one night thing. I was So here's, here's my personal dilemma that no one's going to feel sorry for me about. Um, I am planning to go see the Airs tour in Europe next summer. <laughs> Which again, I, I know. I actually happen. know a couple of American friends who are going. Yeah, to do this. and I have. They said it's cheaper. It it's cheaper for them to go to Europe than yeah. it would have been for them get to go to, go to an Europe. American show. Yeah, and then you get to go to Europe, which is awesome. Yeah. Um. So I haven't seen it. I didn't see an U.S. tour stop like anything like that. So it's not like I saw it already. And I'm. I really want to see this movie, but I also like. I've seen snippets of what mm-hmm. the show is, what it entails, and I've seen the costumes. I've seen all. But like I haven't seen all the transitions or all of the you know I feel like I know I've seen the, the whole thing on I know. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, and that's like I've supposed to have seen from TikTok. Like I get so part of me is like you it's still gonna be awesome when you go. Like just go see the movie, but then the other part of me is like, I want the when I go to be the first time I really <laughs> experience it. And so I'm on the fence. I tried to buy tickets and I kept getting an error because I think the Alamo app was like completely overloaded. And so I might see um before a football game, if I have like a friend who comes to town and like we can get tickets and go to Alamo and see it, like I think I might do that because I saw the trailer and it looks because when when you're watching it on TikTok, <laughs> not quite the same quality. No, of, like video I, I, and access and whatever. So it I, looks incredible. One thing that I do think is interesting about it is like I think it would do well anyway, and I think fans yeah. would like it anyway. But I think the fact. Like it, it, it almost had this sort of snowball effect. It seemed like that once once the announcement got made and everybody seemed to decide this is the thing we're going to do. Now, I think it's going to pull in people who maybe wouldn't have even gone to it yeah. because it's turning into the fall version of <laughs> of the Barbie movie where it's going to be a thing to just even go to. It's going to, it's going to be people singing in the theater during the show. It's going to be like, if you don't like that, you're going to be, yeah. Watch out folks. Yeah. It's going to be the same, like getting dressed up and going to see Barbie. Absolutely. The thing that is hilarious and indicative of just how big of a force she is. And we know like how popular she is, but within what, two hours was the announcement that exorcist was like, we're out. We yeah, are, that's right. We so are moving. <laughs> they called it the Exorcist. They <laughs> moved the week before because they were supposed to yep. release on the 13th. And here's the, Taylor Swift is all about dates and meanings and numbers. And so, like, mm-hmm. there's a Friday the 13th that she can release this movie on in October. Like, she's doing that. Like, she's taking this. Is that 13th. a thing? Is that a Taylor 13, Friday the 13th? The 13th thing? is it, like 13 is her number. And so, like, there's all these ties. So, okay. like, but she always, so when she announced the 1989 Taylor's version, which comes out October 27th, that was on the August 9th show, which was the last show of the U.S. first U.S. tour leg, whatever, however order you want to put those words in. Um, and so it was eight nine eighty nine. Like, and so you go back to think of the planning when she's like, okay, but it's like that's what I want to know. It's like she's sitting there with her team, the, like the Taylor I'm going to announce 1989 yeah. next, and I want it to be on eight nine. So let's make that the last. That's a whole new level of girl math that we're talking about. That's, but so the 13th, like is, it makes sense that she's like, oh, there's a Friday. It's a 13th. I can put a movie out this day. So Exorcist already moved, and there was another one. Um, forgetting now that did um, another movie move off. Yeah, of that day? yeah. To the yeah. Sixth. I mean, move, move, move to the six. I, I think. I think that. 
actually, and look, I think fair enough to move because of that. The specific day, the whole theater is going to be now. It looks like it's going to be overtaken, and and <laughs> you know I, I, that it, it will it will be an interesting scene itself. But I actually, in the way that Oppenheimer we've talked about on here, probably benefited from being out at the same time as Barbie as counter programming. Yeah. I actually think this Exorcist movie is going to benefit from it because. There are going to be some people who say, I go extra swift. I want to go. Well, maybe, maybe both, but also just say, <laughs> I want to go to a movie and half the theaters right now are Taylor Swift. But, uh, you know, I see everybody else going to the movies. Maybe I'll yeah. go see this horror movie instead because yeah. it's the total polar opposite of a Taylor Swift movie. Yeah. But I, I, I know, am curious what the overlap is, like what the Venn diagram of like percentages that are like people that, want only to see taylor swift only want to see the exorcist and how many are extra swift folks <laughs> like what is that overlap i'm sure there's plenty i'm sure there's like, some i mean it's yeah. it, there, there are goth taylor girlies right yeah absolutely <laughs> like, yeah. there's no judgment Do well I yeah know. so so that will be a big story to watch and i'm sure we'll be revisiting that and talking about it yep. through the fall uh meanwhile caroline i know we always talk about what we're watching <laughs> lately and i haven't i haven't talked about it the last couple of weeks because I wanted to finish the show, but I really wanted to mention um, the, the series on Peacock that is sort of masterminded by Ryan Johnson called Poker Face. I'm late to the party on this. It's been out for a while. Um, this is a Natasha Leone. It's a Natasha Leone show. And I got to tell you, I absolutely fell in love with the show. It's fantastic. And it is much less like, a traditional TV show and more yeah. like a movie of the week kind of thing where okay. the episodes are longer than an average TV show, even an hour long. They feel like very complete stories and the, the, the genre that they're going for is this type of show that hasn't really existed uh, in, in our time at me as millennials, but it was something that was super popular with older generations, which is this, uh, this sort of detective solving the crime, right? So like we already know what happened in the show and the fun of the show is watching the person figure it out, watching the detective figure it out. And this was what Matlock is and uh, Columbo and Murder, She Wrote. Um, so, so it's in that style of show. And what it ends up being is these are all these little miniature murder mysteries and right. Natasha, then Natasha Leone shows up and she's like, I got to figure this out. Like with her little, you know, cigarette yeah. voice. Yeah. And it's so great. And, and I mean, like, look, it, it helped. They're, they're, they're great scripts. They're just fun stories in and of themselves. Yeah. But also because it's Ryan Johnson, because it's the guy who has worked with all these movie stars and has made these Knives Out movies the casts of these episodes are awesome. There, there yeah. is, and I would particularly point to there's one that I would say is maybe the best episode of the first season that's out right now that stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Love him. Uh, and, um, and Stephanie Hsu, who was just nominated for an Oscar for um, everything, everywhere, for all everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. And it's a, it's a bottle show. They're, they're all, it's a bunch of people trapped in a cabin together. Ooh, love it. Um, and it's just, it's just like a little one hour plus play. I'm in. It's Done, so sold. good. It's, I think I've it's got so Peacock. good. And so, so look, the, the, 
without giving too much of it away, the, the premise of the show, the thing that makes Natasha Leone's character interesting and makes her a detective is that she basically has a superpower, which is that she, she's, she's not really good at anything. She's not an expert, but she knows if you're lying and she doesn't know what the truth is. She just knows that if you say something that's not true, she, she immediately knows that you're lying. Love and it. so that's, that's like sort of, the, the the setup for all of these shows is there's one person around who who literally shouts bullshit if you say something that's not true. Yeah. And uh, I mean it's it is it is extremely well made. It's super fun. Definitely every and it's also a pretty quick watch. I would say you could probably get through it in a weekend if you really wanted to. So I highly recommend Poker Face on Peacock. It's probably fewer episodes than I went through <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's ten episodes. Is the first. Season. Oh yeah, easy peasy. Yeah, it's like half a season. So, so how deep are you at this point in ten? Uh, I am on season seven. Wow. Yeah, I am cruising. So, are we? Uh, we're we're to the point where the other agents have shown up. Again, not right? yet. No. When do they come? So in? they show up in eight. Uh, or Doggett is like the dude like he for, that is for, the dogged season is for people who don't know due to due to like contract negotiations and stuff as this as as the x-files went on uh Mulder and scully get sort of written off the show and replaced by robert patrick and i'm forgetting the actress's name who is the that they're they reverse roles because the in 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 the second cast robert yep. patrick basically plays the scully character and there is an, a, a female agent who is more of like Mulder. She's the believer. And Scully is around. Like, she doesn't... Annabeth Gish is the... Annabeth uh, Gish, thank yeah. you. And Scully is, like, around those seasons. Like, she's still... like So there were... She never totally goes away? No. And okay. if I remember correctly, the David Duchovny portion was contract negotiation stuff. Like, he wanted That's more right. money. And I'm not saying, like, here or there right or wrong whatever they wouldn't pay him yeah yeah but it was like a it was a contract dispute and it's been one of the coolest things about watching all of these like almost in a row which is absurd um is the actual like character development the actor development um i would love to talk to chris carter about like if they had any idea what they were actually getting when they cast these two relatively totally unknown let's work on it man i bet we can get chris carter so i'm trying i've been trying to reach out (laughs) so i'm trying to i was like he's probably not that won't be like scabbing like i feel like we can talk to chris carter um so i'm trying i'm I'm trying some avenues i would love to talk to chris carter um but it's if you have contact information for chris carter please holler at us (laughs) yeah please send a dm to (laughs) at cw darnie if you have contact information for either the uh director of the show or the old minnesota vikings receiver because he's probably pretty cool. sure we could talk to him too (laughs) uh, who makes an appearance in an episode uh on a tv nice and they say like touchdown catch by chris carter anyway see this is the stuff that the number of actors that are in this that I did not remember, or I'm getting to a point where these episodes I've seen once, like right. The later seasons, yeah. We, we were not. We were probably not watching the the uh, syndicated 
No, it's X Files on FX or whatever it used to come on when we were in high school. Fox, it was on Fox. It was well, on for Fox. me, like when it first came on, it was a Fox show, and it started. Well, yeah, I mean, but like at a certain at a certain point, it was in reruns, and that yeah. is that's really how I first came to it yeah. was watching the early seasons on on reruns, which I like. I said I think they were on FX, but I could be wrong about that. That's not, actually that that does sound right. I'm trying to look at what year time frame i'm in now to figure out like where i was in my this life is a, this think. is a this is a uh a, an exclusively exclusively millennial experience also is watching a show that's all that's currently on but we're watching the reruns of it because that's the only way you can watch older episodes 100%. of the show absolutely yeah so it's been really cool like there was an episode that um shia labeouf is in it He's Amazing. like a small child. And I was like, look, and you sit there and you go. He was in a lot of stuff, that, unfortunately, as a kid. Is that Shia LaBeouf? And then you like go to IMDb and you're like, oh my God, it's Shia LaBeouf. And I really respect the level to which they will reuse a character. Um, so an a- Willie an Garson, actor or a, or a character? Sorry, an actor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Willie Garson has been in two episodes as separate, totally separate people that are like major pieces of that episode. So it's not like. So I don't know if we talked about this before, but Alex, the actor who plays Alex Krychek, um, was in as a side per character in the like early like first season, and then they're like, "We like this guy. Let's bring him in as this like main through line bad agent." So he comes back. So it's not like that. Willie Garson was just a guest actor on two different episodes. Yeah, they just <laughs> like, like no one will notice act. this. Yeah, um, but yeah, and they did the same thing. Terry O'Quinn, but he had a very very small role in the um, X Files movie. Which, if you haven't seen the movie, just watch that. If you don't want to watch, it's good. Episodes. It's fun. The movie is excellent. Ten out of ten. No notes. Loved it. It's fantastic. I, I cannot wait. We next week is the official x-files podcast week that we've all this is the that i've been building towards so we're teasing already but get yeah, excited and gonna, everyone better listen so this was for something we're, we're gonna dive <laughs> we're gonna dive deep into it next week deep. for sure <laughs> well we're gonna take a quick break for now and then we're gonna come back with cole kublik to talk about the program all right joining us now the man the myth the legend cole kublik from sec network fame cole uh first of all Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for for um, joining me. At, th- th- this is you and I have a history of of making video content together. We do it goes way back That's to right. some random brick building in downtown Birmingham. But, yeah, <laughs> very early on. That was that was a that was a very. I, I didn't have a beard yet. You were you were you were you were still working your way up to where you are now, which is we got to talk about. You've got a in addition to your Saturday night gig as the sideline reporter on the SEC Network's primetime game. You've also got a studio show now with Roman Harper that started this week, Read and React. Can you can you tell me a little bit about the show so far? Yeah, it was uh, debuted last night, 6 p.m. Monday nights on the SEC Network. It is basically, it's going to be kind of a film review show. So we'll, we'll dive into the X's and O's. We'll look at, at the way things happen. My, my thought has always been the how and the why, like explain things, why they happen, what happened on certain plays. We all see the receiver catch the touchdown pass 50 yards down the field, but we don't know why pressure didn't get home or why coverage was busted or which offensive lineman picked something up to allow it to take place. So we just want to talk about those things. We're going to have some fun, short personalities while we're doing it. 
Um, I, I believe most college football fans, specifically SEC fans, they they want more football. They want to learn more football. They want to understand football better. So we're going to try to bring that to them every Monday. It was a blast this past week. It's going to be great doing it each and every week. So I just I needed more things to do, really, because uh, a morning show with McElroy, Sirius XM intermittently, uh, a Saturday night football game on the sideline, a podcast on Sunday, uh, three kids under eight, a wife, and yeah, we just we got it. we had to find some more al.com videos talking about Auburn stuff. So we just we're just trying to jam some things in is what we're trying to do. Puppy. Do you have a puppy in the middle? You know what? That would be absolutely perfect right now. Yep. Cole, I we were we were actually talking about this before you were on, but like the this this lifestyle of the these TV sports person is absolutely blows my mind because on, on top of on top of all of this stuff that you're talking about doing, you also at some point like speak to people you know and have a normal life. Like you talk to me sometimes. You and and you also all all of you also like look really good all the time. I hope I'm not I'm not oh, I'm wow. not trying to make it weird here, but like, you mean like me just got off the Peloton. Well, look, yeah. so fresh and so clean. <laughs> Face is beat red. I've seen you. Look, I, I saw you. I saw you Saturday night in the blue suit on, on the field in Tuscaloosa. Roman Harper up there on TV with you too. I mean, my God, that guy's that, that's talk about facial hair goals and. Like so it's, what? What is what drives? I would say suit goals with Roman. I mean, anytime yeah. you can go toe to toe with Alicia Silverstone and Clueless, like you're you're doing good things. <laughs> so, like, and he pulled it off somehow. I don't I know. I saw that one. Yeah. I saw that one. It was that impressive. Was but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess you just lose as, as many pounds as you can before the season starts because you know you're getting them all back once the season begins. So, so constant. Travel so, and food, great food. I'm sure, like find this oh, yeah. Bucky's territory. You find it. <laughs> oh, we get over to A and M. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to ask you later for for Texas A and M food wrecks, but I guess I guess Bucky's is it. Um, Cole, you picked you picked the program for us to talk about this week in our in our segment, and this is a this is a movie that I'm not only. Am I really glad that we got a, a, an excuse to watch it? But I'm really glad I get to talk to you about it specifically as a former college athlete at a major program because, I, you know, look, I think this movie kind of like presents itself as this is like the gritty, realistic look at what a college football program is really like. And what I want to know is, how, sir, like, which aspects of this really you think they got right and which i mean obviously some of it's going to be exaggerated but like not a ton of it yeah i mean <laughs> i'm just i'm just telling you like this is a movie that was outrageous when it came out and probably got less and less outrageous as time went by <laughs> just being honest with you like there yeah. are certain parts that are a bit much of course but mm. like joe kane telling Christy Swanson that the reason she has a tennis facility is because of the football team. Like, I don't think back then when this movie came out in 93, people were thinking like that, but it was the reality of what was taking place. And it just happened even further. So like Alvin Mack, you know, buying his mom, the door knocker to go in the house that he was going to get her and then blowing out his knee and not being able to play. Now we would have probably had some insurance policies in today's college football that would have handled that. But you know, like I will the never recover from this storyline. I didn't know who Alvin Mack was like four hours ago, and now I'm like, what can we do to help Alvin Mack's family? <laughs> do you know what the coolest part about that is? Um, 
his son played offensive line at Ohio State a few years ago. Uh, Wyatt Davis, he's playing in the NFL now. And I got to know Dwayne a little bit through then. And I was like totally – so he tweets me one day and he's like, man, thanks for all the nice things you're saying about my son. And all I can hear is like, you poop-butt mother – that's how I read his tweets. I read his tweets that way when he was tweeting me. He's like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He's like like so humble, so nice, like so appreciative of anything that I said about his son. Like, I'm like, I'm talking to Alvin Mack right now. This is incredible. Now, I, was, um, I gotta I gotta stop you real quick here and ask you about that element specifically too, because you're as an offensive lineman. Do you is how accurate is that hearing the like sort of the psychotic screaming rant oh, from a defender coming at you? It's not like every game, but there are certain guys on certain teams that I had one on my team that just can't stop talking. Like you <laughs> cannot stop talking. Like Leonardo Carson played defensive tackle and he literally talked trash from start to end every single practice. And I have a buddy named Griff Redmill that played offensive line at Alabama and he played next to Chris Samuels, who's one of the greatest players in Alabama history. And he told me a story about the Iron Bowl when they literally like picked him up on a double team and buried him into the ground, which that's not a Leonardo Carson problem. That happened to everybody when Chris Samuels did that. And he gets up with like dirt in his face mask and they can only see half of his face. And he's just boom, 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 like just talking trash the whole time. <laughs> and they just buried him. Like there are guys like that on, on almost every team. Some are more, a little bit more vocal than others more consistently. But yeah, you get. You can it's not as clear that you can tell what's happening because you're worried about you and what you have to do at the same time. But yes, there are talkers like that all over the place. And he had some great lines in that movie. Yeah. I mean he will he, I think he you said You know I never knew your mother. When he said, um, when they were doing the film review, and he was like, What do you do here? And he says, Tackle the tight end so hard his girlfriend dies. <laughs> I literally <laughs> almost spit out my coffee. Almost spit out my coffee. And he has the great, and I think you're absolutely right, Cole. When he's, when you're talking about for a 1993 movie, the, f- I don't say foreshadowing, but like, addressing certain issues one there was a lot of targeting <laughs> well, that's fair a lot of stuff that's that totally flat, fair we didn't have that back then yeah. yeah but the i think he called it alvin had this line too he called it nc nc double asshole when yes. it's like when it's we make the team or the school x million dollars yeah like and we I mean, get none of it keep that 50 bucks as you get better it'll be 500 and that's kind of the stuff that now is being addressed in a lot more up yeah. front, even with the He's boosters. Like, matter of fact, let me hold on to let that me for hold you. On to that till you <laughs> I just thought it was such a, I did not expect to become so emotionally invested in kind of this, like it went off the rails very quickly in some ways. And there was some stuff where like, it blows my mind that they got so much right can you tell me what conference this team was supposed to have played? In? <laughs> That's interesting because they, they actually played. They actually played their games in an SEC stadium. Right, yeah, yeah. it was filmed Carolina. at Williams Bryce. My cousins were in the stands when they filled this That's at a halftime. Good crowd, half because it was halftime of his actual South Carolina game. Believe oh, wow. it or not. <gasps> How they pulled that off, I don't know. Uh, I don't did. feel like you'd be able to do that today, but yeah, no they did. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it, I mean, it's uh what one one thing you know like just thinking of how over the top some of the subject matter is i mean we didn't even talk about there's there's a character that's doing steroids and, and gets involved steroids. in sexual assault and like i mean it's again these are all obviously things that really happen but like the fact that there are real schools 
that gave their yeah. permission to be in the movie. Like that's definitely not a thing that, that ain't happened. happening today. No way. <laughs> we had there a guy no up. shot. Greg Sankey, Greg Sankey gets asked, do you mind if Mississippi state is the team that uh, Alvin Mack is calling the running back a poo butt mother effer? <laughs> like, is that okay with you? Uh, no. Take them out of that, please. Now, like I, I, another uh, another part that I thought, like the recruiting aspect. So when Coach yes. Winters goes in there and he's talking to the guy on the way, and he's like, he had a ninety-three yard kickoff return against Tab, and he sits down, and he's like, Darnell, that ninety-three yard kickoff return you had against Tab, I've never seen anything like it. Like, he has no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. Well, I'm not he- sure he knows the kid's name. And here's, I'm going to tell you guys the best part about this movie. At least five times a week. I'm, I have three children under the age of eight. I have boys that are six and three, specifically with my six-year-old and my three-year-old. Multiple times a week, I ask them, are you hurt or are you injured? Yeah, I knew that line. <laughs> that comes up a lot. Every yeah. week, multiple times, because we go down in the backyard. Ah! Judge, are you hurt or are you injured? And they've, they, they've smartened up to it now. Like my three-year-old, he said, I injured, I injured. I'm like, no, you're not. If you can talk to me, you're not injured. So yes, that has that has stuck with me forever and forever will. So that was one of my be- probably my biggest takeaway from the entire film. I think it's also funny, speaking of the recruiting, when they get um, Omar Epps to campus the first time, and they've got the cheerleaders out. They've got oh hey, let's have <laughs> the beautiful yet boxily dressed Halle Berry show you around. Like they do the whole you know this is the entrance that you're going to get at the stadium. Um, and then when he gets back and just like the two bros meet him there, he's like, "Where's all the where's the whole team?" Like people right. welcome. He's like, "Nah, yeah. now that we got you here." <laughs> yeah. I mean that is it's spot freaking on. Like yeah. it really is. And then yeah. you know obviously you've got, you've got the you've got the smart player who barely gets to play. He's like the reserve fullback. And then, I mean, they nailed backup quarterback, like just doesn't give a rip. He's out partying. Oh, coach's daughter. Who cares? Doesn't matter. I'm not going to play. <laughs> Whatever. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you, like people laughed at it when it came out, but the longer we get now, NIL kind of has removed a lot of it, but mm-hmm. right before NIL, this thing just became more accurate, more accurate and more accurate. The steroid thing is weird because I, I mean, I think there were guys that I played with that were probably doing it just to maybe, a, maybe a few. I think there were a couple of guys some other places, but if you were, because I can specifically tell you this, I was the strongest player on our team for two years. We had random NCAA drug tests every Tuesday morning at 530. Random, 15 players. Somehow, someway, I was invited to 14 consecutive random Tuesday morning <laughs> NCAA drug tests at 530 in the morning. That's quite strongest, strongest player on team. Yeah. Oh, hey, so, your name came up again. That's, that's weird. A, that's a compliment. Miraculously never failed any of those. But – it's. I mean, you, there were ways that you would have had to have circumvent that because I will say back then the NCAA was pretty stringent on drug testing. It wasn't just for steroids. It was for, you know, obviously yeah. recreational drugs too. So, um, I mean, the, the whole cannabis thing wasn't what it is now. Like they were going after kids pretty hard. So it was, it was pretty wild how even stuff like that well, it was fairly accurate from the standpoint of if you were doing it, those are probably some of the things you had to go through to be able to get it done. Well, and that guy was, I mean, very – 
unlikable in the grand scheme of things. He, the roid rage. Um, I think everybody would like to have Latimer as a teammate outside of the things that he was doing yeah. in his you own were, yeah, uh, you, apartment. You want to have in him the locker aim. room? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I ever traded spit with anybody. However, <laughs> that, is, that is wild. However, yeah. yes. The, I think more along the lines of they still managed to show you that journey. He worked hard to get himself clean to get rid of well, first of all i don't know why you're flushing syringes that seems aggressive um but and then they perfectly show the moment that he gets his ass stood up on the goal line and can't <laughs> yep. get it done because he's not strong enough anymore Honestly, and it, how he, how that's how he slides a, back into it and it's it's, a, it's devastating it's, a, it's an incredibly heartbreaking moment in this movie where he's on the sideline and and james con the coach pulls him he over. knows it looks his into eyes. his eyes and he's like i know and there's basically nothing i could do to help this guy yeah that is, he's, that he's is painted brutal. like a character in disney's haunted mansion yes. uh, that's gonna <laughs> jump around the corner at you yeah. which by the way the amount of time that that took in and of itself the to get up. that thing done like i want to know who did that pregame for somebody like not only that you had the nerve to do it but you sat there for 30 minutes and said all right draw the skeleton come on get, we're ready. get it going House we're of really, Horrors. We're playing really Georgia dramatic. Tech. I need it. <laughs> it's effective for sure. That dude. That dude is terrifying. Um, and yeah. then the Heis, the Heisman campaign. I think there are some parts of that that were very real. Like they're shoving it down this kid's throat. He doesn't want it. He doesn't care about it. He just wants to play football. I mean, how many guys over the years had some stupid slogan of you know like Joe Ocean rides the wave into the end zone? I mean, who, who knows some of these stupid things that kids have had to go with. And they probably had no interest in it, and they didn't want it. Now, today, any kid would take a Heisman campaign today if you told them they're getting a billboard. But, like, so many guys had to deal with that and answer questions and do media, and they're probably just like, I don't, I just want to throw the football around, man. Like, I don't want to do this. And then, of course, it goes bad when you do sign him up for that, mm-hmm. and, and he's got to deal with the repercussions. So, there's a, it's, it's a lot of – Bob Neal was in that movie, by the way. Uh, he was one of the announcers, old, oh, old sure. Jefferson pilot Bob Neal, Dave Neal's dad. Um, I've done I had games no with him. Yeah, I know Jefferson Pilot. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the movie was actually more clear than the, the games were broadcast. Believe it or not. So. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, so look, that's the one last thing that I want to ask you about this before we we I, I've got a little extra segment at the end. Before we move on, there's there's a you know all of the football footage itself is mostly shot entirely in slow motion. So I would imagine, I'm like, look, I'm as for, for our, our listeners who haven't seen what I look like, I'm, I'm not a football player. I'm not an athlete. I wouldn't hold up to it. Cole, what is it? Does when you're out there, do you get that? Like that sort of, does it, does it feel like it's going slower than it looks like when you're watching it from the stands or on TV? Yes, because you don't see all of it. So it can't be that fast. Yeah. It's you. And that's, it's one of the things that I think a lot of fans kind of fail to realize is how just how much tunnel vision football players have. That's why I like all this stuff about Cooper Cup is so f- fascinating. When you hear about him, he can line up in the slot and he can tell you like what the coverage is, who's coming over, what the right tackles assignment is, where the tight end needs to be lined up. Like that's super, super, super rare. Like I'm even like, and mine was expanded more so than a lot of other people. So I played center. So I had to have a point linebacker. I had to know what the offensive lines assignment words. I called my personal blocking assignment, which led to what everybody else did. And as I went my career a little bit further, I would know what the coverages were doing and how safety signified certain things. But 
like there's so much tunnel vision like you're so worried about okay this is my job or our job and like we just have to do this right here that it, it you don't see all the other stuff so it can't be that fast as it is on television because in part of it too on tv you're i mean your eyes are sitting there trying to keep up with everything sure. and when you're playing you're you're super hyper focused on like one thing and that's your assignment that's why you hear coaches talk about like situational football and like what the team goal is, like what we're trying to accomplish on a play, not just individually. It's hard for guys to grasp those concepts because it's hammered into you. Do your job, like like you know, Belichick says. But you still, the more understanding you have, the better chance you have of being. That's why I love that Alvin Mack scene too, where they show him struggling with the tutor and then show him breaking down the defenses. So I'm telling you, I've had 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 that that same conversation with college football coaches like very recently that guys that have a lot of trouble in school can go in there and say, boom, 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 cover three. Matt comes down, safety comes up. We're going to slant to the right. When that tight end comes across, I know I got to take the B gap here. My defensive end has got to crash down. Safety comes up and covers the outside. has got to spill the run. (laughs) It's just – Man, Cole, it, it, I miss it's so real. I miss doing film room segments with you, man. I, I really do. It was it was it was mind expanding for me. Hey, I heard you guys talking about X Files too on the way in. Yeah, I never I never watched that show because I'm not a nerd. However, <laughs> this totally caught fair. my this caught my attention. Jim Fife was in the program. Now Matt knows why I would this would have caught my attention. I do, yeah. I, Jim Fife is some guy in the X Files. I for a second I was like, wait a minute, the former Auburn play-by-play guy was in the program and I didn't even know it. So I guess it was a different Jim Fife, but Jim oh, Fife from the X Files. There's an actor named Jim Fife in the X Files. It says uh, he's, he's known a, for the yeah. Frighteners, the Lone Gunman, and the X Files. He yeah. must be. He must be one of the Lone Gunman guys, Caroline. Well, I would have he's, to look this so up. I actually just watched that episode that he's in, um, and it's he one wears of the, glasses. Like, yeah. Um, Lone Gunman episodes like that they have so he's not one of the three but he's uh, one of their buddies he actually gets like thrown in front of a bus oh my god <laughs> spoiler wow. alert <laughs> well definitely a different Jim Fife um, well Cole... no it's the same actor oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry anyway. so Cole we like to finish up every week on here with a little quick game show segment um, and I wanted to stay on our theme of the intersection between pop culture and college football so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off some names okay, and I'm going to see if you can identify whether it is a fictional football player from a movie or the MVP of a major New Year's bowl game. Okay. So wow. we're, we're going to call this segment player or not a player. And I have a quick jingle that I want to play to start it off. Chandler, can you play the jingle? Oh, yeah. Don't want to be. Big pun. Wow. That's awful. That was terrible. I knew I was so embarrassed to do this in front of Cole. I, I, I we've done it every week, but I just was. I was like, I, do, am I really going to still do this with Cole? On Jeez. Every get a new ditty. <laughs> it's incredible. All right. So, look, let's go, let's go through these really quick. I'm uh, Cole, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pit you against Caroline. We're going to do three each, and we'll be really okay. quick. All right. So, your first one, Cole, is 
Johnny Utah. So answer either player or not a player. If if it is a fake fictional character, you would not say a not. player. That is correct. Johnny point Utah break. is from Point Break. Yep. Uh, Caroline, Daryl Dickey is that a real player or a fictional player? Real. Daryl Dickey is a real player. He was a Tennessee former OC at Texas A&M. Now right. with now an analyst at Georgia, I believe. Cole's gonna have all these super nice you know, guys. <laughs> All right, Cole, your next one is Billy Joe Hobart. Oh, that's a player. That's right. He's a player. Who did he play for? Quarterback. Where did he play in college? Uh, Fascinating to watch. Played for the Saints for a little while uh, and maybe the Patriots. I don't know. I can't remember where he played in college. I'm going to get – let me just guess. I'm going to okay. guess. Uh, I'm going to guess Utah. Close. He's at Washington. Very uh. I did, this 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 was too easy for Cole. All right, Caroline, Jonathan Moxon. That is uh, an actor. That's fake. Not that's a right. Movie. That's from Varsity yeah. Blues. Yep. Man, you guys are killing it. All I right. don't want your life. I don't want your life. All right, Cole, your last one. Mike Winchell. I'm gonna say not a player, but I'm not confident. It's not a player. He's from Friday Night Lights. Damn. The movie. Uh, I that, love the book so much. I've never seen the movie or the show. That is the he's played by Lucas Black in the movie. Uh, Who was in the X Files movie? He was in the X Files movie. Look at this. Movie. Look All at right, this. Caroline, your last one. You got to keep pace with Cole. I know. Dave Remington. He's real. He is real. He was yeah, a Nebraska a, center. He's an award named after him. That's yeah, I was right. like, I know this. Look, guy. I knew Cole would know it. That's why I didn't. <laughs> yeah, give him yeah, that. yeah. No. Whew. All right, we're we're perfect on both sides. Everybody tied. Matt made the game too easy this week. I got to step it up next time. As long as we all have fun, that's what it's all about. <laughs> that's what we all got to make fun of. Matt got humiliated in front of Cole, in front of a, a man he respects and thinks very highly of. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. And and um, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing Read and React uh, all season long because I I'm thank really, you. You are for people who don't follow you on Twitter. If you like football, you need to be following Cole. His he he does this. He's been doing this for years on Twitter anyway. But you truly, I I have, I have learned. I mean, I watched college football my whole life. I covered it professionally, and the amount that I know about the sport probably tripled as soon as I started spending time around Cole. That's not true. It's still real low, Matt. He's like he's like you still don't know anything. What do you mean triple? Oh no, I mean it's not true that you aren't triple what you know. But yeah, I appreciate. I learned a ton from Cole. He he is he's so good at at explaining how this stuff all works and breaking it down. And he's also super entertaining, as we've heard on the show today. So thanks for coming on with us, Cole. Thank you. Hey, Cube Show podcast too Sundays at Cube Show sixty one on YouTube. So check that out. Yeah, definitely check out Cube Show as well. Thank you for making me watch this movie. Oh, <laughs> does you does it need a thank you? It was worth I it. Mean, You've it already admitted that. So I know. I was like, "Well, I never even heard of this. This is true." And people this debate me that this is the best football movie ever made. They actually debate that. I can't there, think no of a better. I can't think of a better of a better college football movie. Certainly, no any football movie. There's no better football movie. It's great. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Cole, and uh, we'll see everybody next week on for the water cooler. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. 
Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.